Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 426th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Florida to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is being here in Tampa Bay, where the Super Bowl afterglow is still going strong, and I had the good fortune of attending the awesome Super Bowl boat parade, which is now famous, some might say infamous, with uh, Tom Brady, of course, throwing the Super Bowl trophy that was caught by tight end Cameron Brait, and the maker of the trophy, the daughter, has uh, expressed her displeasure and asked for an apology for the handling of the trophy, which is just uh, absurd, and uh, the trophy's never got so much publicity as it did with Brady's throw, and... Brady has just become a hero down here. Uh, It's all Brady all the time uh, down here in what's now called Champa Bay. And it's a great time down here in sports. Uh, Champa Bay, as in championships with the Lightning, having won the Stanley Cup last year, playing very well and looking again like the Stanley Cup champions that they are. And the Tampa Bay Rays are starting spring training uh, to defend their American League title and try to get back to the World Series and win it this time. They lost last year to the Dodgers. The Toronto Raptors have announced they're staying here for the rest of the season, given the restrictions up in Canada. And the Toronto Blue Jays, whose spring training is in a spectacular suburb of Tampa Bay called Dunedin, Uh, have announced they're going to start their regular season down here as well after they complete spring training, again, given the restrictions up in Canada. And all that rolled into the fact that spring training is getting underway basically on time. Pitchers and catchers have reported uh, here in this area, Tampa Bay, in addition to the Blue Jays, there's the New York Yankees, Right across the street from Raymond James Stadium, the very home stadium of the Bucks, where they won the Super Bowl a mere couple weeks ago. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies are right up in Clearwater, uh, not far at all from Tampa. Tampa, Clearwater, and St. Pete are all basically three big cities that comprise Tampa Bay and a host of other smaller great cities. Um, and 
so there's three right here in the greater Tampa area. And then if you want to just go right over the Sunshine Skyway, which connects uh, the Tampa Bay area with Bradenton, uh, there you have the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, spring training there. So not to mention all the other teams uh, here in Florida. So it is just a fabulous time to be down here in Tampa Bay. Uh, March is typically the best month of the year for weather, uh, typically 70s, low or no humidity, and obviously spring training going on with you know a plethora of games to choose from on a daily basis in locations all over the area, all over Florida. So it is just... Uh, <clears throat> You know, tremendous to be down here, and then you uh, factor in the afterglow of the, of the Super Bowl, lightning playing well, or the Ning, as they call them down here, uh, Toronto Raptors playing in the Ning's arena, Amelie Arena, spectacular stadium, and, there's, and the Raptors are staying right next door, so they can literally walk a couple hundred yards at most, if that, to, uh, to their game site at Amelie Arena. And uh, and now you have the Blue Jays not only here for spring training, but again, starting their season in Dunedin. So an additional major league team will be here uh, to join the Tampa Bay Rays. So again, it's just a, a pulsating sports uh, area right now. Uh, and again, glowing and being and naming themselves Tampa Bay and well-deserved. My bizarre story of the week is the NFL quarterback movement. Uh, the big deal last week was Carson Wentz being uh, traded for not a whole lot to the Indianapolis Colts. Wentz and the Eagles just weren't uh, cutting it together for a variety of reasons. And uh, that is a huge story that bears watching. He, of course, will succeed Philip Rivers, who retired. Indianapolis is a very good team, and Carson Wentz, if he can recover that 2017 form, MVP form, I might add, uh, it, they could really have something. And Frank Reich was his offensive coordinator at the Philadelphia Eagles when he had that 2017 MVP year until he got hurt late in the season against the Rams. We all know the rest of the story. Nick Foles took over, led him to a Super Bowl victory, and it hasn't been the same for basically anybody ever since, especially Carson Wentz. Of course, this comes on the heels of the Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff trade. Matthew Stafford going to the Rams and Jared Goff going to the Detroit Lions. And now what's taken center stage uh, is Deshaun Watson, uh, wanting out of the, out of Houston and the Texans and uh, a lot of chatter flying around about Big Ben Roethlisberger. The Steelers want him back. It seems like he wants to come back. He says it's not about the money. So it's all just really uh, fascinating stuff, to say the least. And then you mix in J.J. Watt uh, from the Texans, who also is a... Uh, Getting out of town, he was released. It looked like it was a mutual agreement type of situation. Uh, so he's now a free agent, and uh, you got to imagine that the market for him is going to be literally off the charts. Um, so 
quite the fascinating time in the NFL. It's year round, as we know. I mean, the Super Bowl just ended two weeks ago, and uh, and here we have all this. Uh, it's kind of all time chatter with quarterbacks and movement already. Big names, not little names. Big names, big name quarterbacks. So this is, uh, you know, what the NFL has become. And there's still a lot of movement expected. So uh, they have become a true hot stove off-season league. And it's, uh, it's just great to watch. That's for sure. Speaking of the NFL, that's my low light of the week, which is uh, Cam Newton, who was quarterback of the Patriots last year at his own football camp, being heckled. Uh, <laughs> By a kid, and personally, I thought he handled it beautifully with his response, which was basically the kid talked about him being poor and a free agent or whatever, and he just said, I'm rich, and uh, apparently tried to follow up with the kid afterwards. Uh, it was all on video. You've probably all seen it by now, um, but again, I applaud Cam Newton. Uh, I also, as a longtime Patriot season ticket holder, uh you know, felt he gave his all this year. He didn't have a good year. We all know that. Um, and he just simply, uh, you know, he owned it is the best way I can say it. I, you know, just the way he handled what for him was just uh, uh, a crazy type of year, given injuries, COVID, all of it, and to... You know, he showed up after every game and, you know, got right into the heart of what was going on as he saw it. And, you know, I applaud the way he handled his season at the Patriots. Uh, nobody knew what was going to happen, including him, given coming off injury and whatnot. Um, hadn't been the same player for about two years. And, you know, I think he had about a dozen rushing touchdowns, maybe eight passing touchdowns and something like a dozen or so picks. So, you know, not a good year, but, you know, the 12 rushing touchdowns are not something you get from every quarterback. That's for darn sure. So I thought he handled the situation at his football camp uh, as well as it could be handled. Um, and we'll see what happens with Cam Newton. Uh, Going to be another fascinating uh storyline to watch i did see one poll where the patriots are considered the most interesting team to watch in the nfl season off season i should say and i would agree with that 100 percent. i think everybody's really fascinated to see what happens will they pick a quarterback in the draft will they re-sign cam newton i think that's unlikely will they go after a free agent um it's going to be fun to watch uh the happenings at gillette stadium that's for sure so now, let's take our break, and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, so don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. 
the Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input, too. Listen for Bravehearts Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how you doing today? Hey, John, thank you so much for having me on the show. Doing very well. Well, thank you for joining us, as always. And, uh, yeah, it's hard to believe the football season is really, really over, although the off season has been fascinating so far and will continue to be. But we're getting close, hard to believe, to March Madness. And it is official. They're holding it up in the Indianapolis area for the men, the San Antonio area for the women. And AP, I know you uh, have your eye on Alabama as always, and Alabama basketball has, uh, I would say, taken advantage of the fall of the Blue Bloods of college basketball, and they're just having a great season and could make some serious noise. 
Yeah, John, you know, last year, uh, barely over 500, trying to get into the tournament. It was cut short, of course, by the virus, but they were making progress. And Nate Oates, his first year as the head basketball coach at the University of Alabama, he has a lot of depth on this squad with his recruiting. <clears throat> and the seniors came back, Herb Jones and John Petty. John Petty's the all-time leader for three-point shots at the Capstone, and Herb Jones is a, a valuable, versatile uh, about six seven, six eight left-hander who can guard uh, all the positions and also drive to the basket and you know has that body type where it's six eight and long arms and can make a lot of difference on both sides of the ball. And Alabama has just the one loss in the conference that was an away game, early game on a Saturday to Missouri, and they were down twenty two points and came back to almost win it at the end, but they fell short with a, with a couple of attempts at the goal. Uh, in the closing seconds, but yeah, so Alabama has this resurgence of basketball. They've they've had good records in the past and quality uh, individuals and all stars in the NBA, uh, dating back to Leon Douglas, who's the first round draft choice of the Detroit Pistons, drafted by Dick Vitale, no less, and Latrell Sprewell and Robert Orr and Hollywood Robinson and Keith Askins and Derek McKee and uh, you know Mo Williams and. And this new crop of Kira Lewis is now with the Pelicans and uh, Colin Sexton with Cleveland. So Alabama basketball, the only <clears throat> disappointing fact of this, John, is the fact that they can't sell out Coleman Coliseum 15,000-plus to cheer on this magnificent season that they're having in 2021 because of the, of the virus, obviously. Right. Are they, uh, are they allowing any fans in? Yes, they do. They do have fans, John. So that's uh, one good aspect of of the basketball. They're able to have a limited amount of people. It's probably in the twenty percent range, something like that, twenty twenty five percent range. But uh, it's just, I mean, that place, John. I've seen it many times sold out for basketball when they had teams that were competing for the SEC championship and playing in this in the tournament, reaching the Sweet Sixteen a number of times and. It, like I said, that's the only thing uh, that is disappointing. But, John, when you think about it, in some sense it might have helped them because if you're going on the road to places like Kentucky and LSU and Auburn, you don't have all those rabid fans. So you're able Correct. to play more relaxed. So in reality, I think it helped Alabama. Absolutely, yes. And I think it's, hap- I think it's a very direct uh, connection with, again, as I mentioned uh, right at the top of this segment, uh, you know, the demise of the Blue Bloods. Um, And by that, I mean, you know, Duke, North Carolina, Michigan State, Kansas, and, of course, Kentucky. Now, Kentucky's in the SEC, and you know them well. You've seen them many times, followed them. Uh, I don't know, you know, the the whole, I mean, they're the, the inventors, John Calipari of, you know, one and done. And it's a world turned upside down in every way possible, including sports. And, you know, I, I think that, uh, you, you know, the one and done, you, you thought that someday it just might not happen to throw five freshmen on the floor every year and have them be, you know, top five team. And it seems like this is the year and it's not surprising that it would be the year of COVID. Yeah, John, all these um, teams such as Kentucky and Duke, they made the deal with the devil. I think it caught up to them this year in particular. But um, And if you're going to win a championship, I had this conversation yesterday with John Brady, the 
uh, LSU basketball analyst, former coach who brought them to a Final Four in 2006. If you're going to win a championship, I think this is the year. Uh, maybe Kentucky doesn't make it. Duke, all these various teams that you mentioned, uh, and you've got a chance, and it's in the state of Indiana. You're going to be in a bubble. There's not a lot of going to be a lot of fan support. It's going to be the 25%, so you know you're not going to be overwhelmed by the crowd noise or so maybe this is the year for a team like Alabama to make a long run. They've never been to the Final Four. They've been to the Final Eight uh, way back, and they played uh, in Phoenix, Arizona, in the regional. They beat Syracuse the first game, and they got blistered by Connecticut, the eventual national champion, in the second game. But uh, I think if Alabama's ever going to do something in basketball, uh, this is the season, I think. Absolutely, AP. It just feels wide open. Um, and... You know, it's uh, and Alabama looks perfectly positioned to, you know, make a run to steal a line from the 2004 Red Sox. Why not us? You know, Um, and a lot of teams are saying that this year. Yeah, John, imagine in the virus year, they say Alabama won. And if not football, I mean, would that be the best Yes, yes, it would be one of the most would be one of the most amazing sports stories of all time. It'd be as unlikely as the Tampa Bay Bucks winning the Super Bowl in their home field, right? Right, right. Something to that. With the new quarterback who didn't have a chance to practice or do training camp or mini camps or anything with his brand new team. So, uh, if ever there's a time for you know, once-in-a-lifetime type sports stories. This is it. Obviously, I was, you know, the Bucks approved it already. Uh, you know, last year the Dodgers got over the hump. Um, yeah, all of it, just all of it. And you saw the emergence of, like, you know, in the NBA playoffs, uh, you know, teams like the Denver Nuggets, uh, you know, Phoenix Suns to a degree, uh, just these unlikely teams making these runs and playing fabulously exciting basketball in the bubble down in Orlando. And then you had, uh, of course, the, you know, the lightning from here in Tampa, Champa Bay, I should call it, uh, you know, winning the Stanley Cup after having a lot of difficulties, you know, uh, in the years leading up despite the obvious talent. So, yeah, this is this is the moment. The moment is at hand for you know, Hoosiers type stories to get written to say the least. And what better place than Indianapolis to have it done, right? Hey, absolutely, John. And uh, you could see a team like uh, Houston. You could see uh, a number of conferences make a strong run that haven't been there either in a while or never. Exactly. You know, I got to believe Gonzaga, the number one team, obviously yes. a small school, but with a great, great yes. Basketball program, not in a great conference. Uh, you know, they have to be just salivating, thinking, you know, this is really their year. They're never going to have a better setup than what they have. They'll probably be the number one seed in the entire tournament. And, uh, and yeah, so, you know, and Gonzaga winning the national championship, I mean, that's a, you know, that's a big-time story as well. Um and I think they got to the, yeah, they got the national championship game, I believe, a year or two ago, a couple years ago, obviously. At least they skipped it last year. And so, yeah, everything's on the table 
for just a team to get hot. And that can happen in the tournament, as, as well we know. Loyola of Chicago, on and on. The list is endless. Um, so we shall see. It's going to be fun, AP. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. And you have to mention it seemed like Baylor, I don't believe they've been to the Final Four, the men's program. <clears throat> I don't think that's ever happened. So, And they're one of the top teams, of course. Yes, they are. They are. And, oh, by the way, you know, what better place for the tournament to be held and, you, you know, uh, a storybook script to be written than Indianapolis. It's, you know, Hoosier basketball is king in the state of Indiana, to put it mildly. And, uh, you know, Indianapolis is just, it's, it's literally where Hoosiers took place, obviously. And, uh, you know, just on and on from Larry Bird to, you know, John Wooden, of course, growing up in Indiana. And uh, so we have, you know, Lucas Oil Stadium, fabulous facility, uh, the arena where the Indiana Pacers play, fabled Hinkle Arena where Butler plays, and I'm guessing there's a couple others they might be using, but certainly they're using those three. So smart move. I applaud the NCAA for you know choosing Indianapolis, and uh, I think it's going to go well there. I really do. I think it's, it's, it's a great, great strategy on their part. Semi, semi-bubble, we'll yeah, call it. Right, right. I think so, too, uh, John. That's a smart move to bring it. I think the only other place that would have been smart would have been the state of Kentucky. Yep, yep. That would have been good, too, between Lexington and Louisville and all that. And, and oh, by the way, AP, I don't think it's a coincidence that the NCAA is headquartered in Indianapolis. So they are right there. With you know, not just a tournament staff, their entire headquarters for full mobilization if needed. I mean, let's face it. After all, it's a it's a three week deal. It's not some little you know final four weekend type deal. It's the whole tournament, which always lasts, as we all know, uh, three plus weeks. I should say. Um, so I, I think that was probably a, a major factor that you know they have their entire staff right there. Uh, to deal with anything that may come up. And as we know from the past year, anything could come up, right? Understatement of the day. Yeah, so anyway, hats off to Alabama already for the season they've had. Um, you know, we all wish them well. Uh, one loss in the SEC, that's amazing. Uh, probably going to, you know, be a high seed, and let's hope they make some noise. I think it will be great. Yeah, I think it would be a total disappointment because the way the team is constructed, John, as well, because they have a lot of depth. And, John, this year, you know, they're scoring at about 80 points a game, and that wasn't uh, – they've done that for two consecutive years now, score a lot of points under the NATO system you brought from uh, the University of Buffalo. and But last year, you know, I tell people they couldn't guard a fence or – or anything that was uh, anything that was movable, they could not guard. But this year, okay. they're one of the better teams defensively, so they have that versatility. If they're not their three point shots, and they can fire up the three pointers, they had twenty three uh, hit the bottom of the nets against LSU, and so they they have a number of players that can score. But if they're not hitting that night, they can win defensively as well because they have those athletes that are anywhere from six three to six eight long arms and can defend. Sure. 
Sure. AP, it's going to be fun. Looking forward to it. We appreciate the insight into Alabama basketball. I think uh, you and I and the fans of the show now have a team to uh, keep our eye on and, and root for them to have a long run. But why don't we take our first break of the show? We still have a lot more to get to, and we'll do that on the other side. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleiner interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleiner Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Do you want to hear a show about football? How about football moms? What if we told you that was just a start? Tune in for Double Down with Garrett and Mack. Audrey Garrett and Jeracy Mack are moms to some well-known NFL players. Sure, they'll talk football and raising their kids to achieve greatness, but they'll also talk about community and world issues, motherhood, news, and lifestyle topics. Listen in every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one 866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football, 
and many other sports as well. And AP, with all the excitement around the Super Bowl and the NFL playoffs, you and I, of course, were here in Tampa for Super Bowl week. Uh, a big story that kind of slipped by us, and that's always right in our wheelhouse, is, of course, college football, National Signing Day, which was recent, a couple weeks ago, I believe. And Alabama, as always, uh, uh, they did it again, right? Yeah, recruiting-wise, John, they had the number one class, and according to the calculations, the best of all time, which is uh, how could Nick Saban, how, all these milestones, how could he come up with another milestone? He, he just, when you think that he's done everything, uh, this, this uh, becomes apparent that he has the number one recruiting class of all time. It's amazing. I mean, that's just uh, that's one heck of a statement. Best recruiting class of all time. Uh, you know, I guess if you'd asked me the question out of the clear blue up to now, up to this year, who had the best recruiting class of all time, I mean, the, the team that oddly pops into my mind first would have been like the uh, late 1960s Ohio State team. That was considered the greatest of all time with Rex Kern and Jack Tatum and on and on and on. And, uh, of course, they got famously upset by Bo Schembechler in Michigan in their second year. I think they were undefeated national champs their first year, I believe. Yeah, correct. That's right. Yeah. Woody Hayes, of course, was the coach. But, you you know, again, I can't tie it directly to greatest recruiting class of all time. But I remember they all come in. It was like a sophomore-laden team. That was basically assumed, not expected, assumed they would win three national championships in a row. So that's the first thing that pops up when I hear the phrase, greatest <laughs> recruiting class of all time. Um, yeah, John, I, I think it was 10 sophomores that started on that team in 68. I think that's the number that I remember, 10. Exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah. And by the way, I, and I'm guessing you, I remember exactly where I was watching Michigan upset Ohio State that that year in 1969 with Shem Beckler. I mean, I, I literally remember being in the living room of my house watching the game like it was yesterday. And I, you know, as a kid, um, that's how <laughs> famous that team was and how famous that upset was. Uh, so, AP, um, with this recruiting class, are there just, is it the usual mix? Are there any, like, you know, uh, yeah. High, ex- you know, just super high expectation players, number, you know, best player in the country type of stuff, or is it just talent across the board? Which is, I'm sure that's there, but uh, yeah, you know, like, like yeah, what yeah, comes to mind is not Najee Harris a couple years ago, best player in the country. You know him well, literally, you know him well, and uh, right. you know any players along those lines. Oh, John, you know what they have? You won't believe it. The number one offensive tackle and the number two offensive tackle. Really? One's from Bradenton, yeah, Bradenton Academy, J.C. Latham, 6'6", 305. And then the folks from Texas will recognize this name, Tommy Brockemeyer. He's the second-rated uh, offensive tackle in the country. And then they brought along his brother, who is a center uh, also. So there's two Brockemeyers. Uh, James Brockmeyer is a center. Uh, he's not as tall as 6'3", 273, but he's the number one center in the country. So that 
when you're at the University of Texas and you have, I think there's, their brother plays for University of Texas now, their dad was a legacy player, of course. Right, that's you know, right. The name. Team, and then, yeah, the, and then the Brock and Myers, the two of them, they, you get both of them, they come to the University of Alabama in an era when Texas is trying to recruit all the players in that state. And so Nick Saban, once again, he has the magic, I mean, not only to go to the state of Texas, but pull in the two Brockenmeyer brothers who are rated number one and, uh, I mean, number two and number one in, at their position. Wow. Yeah, it's, uh, again, I know the name. I remember the father. Um, it, so it's a, a legendary name in uh, the state of Texas. Uh, I wonder if that, you know, might have played into uh, Coach Tom Herman being let go. And, of course, they've since hired Steve Sarkeesian from, of course, Alabama. And uh, and I wonder if that come into play. That's the kind of thing that sounds like it would just be, you know, galling to people in Texas uh, to watch oh, oh, the yeah. top two offensive tackles leave this, you know, leave, not go to UT and go to Alabama. Right, yeah, that center and tackle, the, the top players in the state, and they leave to go to Alabama, and their name is Brockemeyer. And I think that Herman, his issue was, you know, he was getting good players, recruiting class. I mean, that's they were ranked high, but uh, you have to perform on the field. And, John, I was, I was watching the video. Uh, you're mentioning some of these players, just one by the name of JoJo Earl, another Texas player. Um, it's Alido, I guess it is, or Alito, Texas, 5'9 170. He looks like a carbon copy of Jalen Waddle. I mean, he's fast really? and quick-footed. Oh, yeah, it looks like a carbon copy almost. So, uh, you know, he's a four-star rated player, but um, uh, it's, it's phenomenal the way they can spot this talent no matter where or what state, and they can convince him to come to the University of Alabama. It is amazing. Um, that sounds like a name to remember, and uh, that's a great comparison with Jalen Waddle, to say the least. So, yeah, it's, uh, it, you know, the rich get richer. But, you know, at the end of the day, what it comes down to is, of course, you know, no different than Duke and Mike Krzyzewski. Uh, basically, what these high school kids are looking for, and rightfully so, is, you know, what's their surest way to the NFL. And these days in college football, it's through Alabama. Uh, period. The numbers are staggering and, uh, you know, the number of first round picks and players in the NFL and all those things in recent years under Saban, of course. Uh, so yeah, you know, if you're a high school kid and you're the best at what you do, you're going to want to go to Alabama. I mean, period. I mean, because you ultimately want to get to the NFL and Alabama is the surest ticket now to get there. And, and, John, there's a player, you're speaking of names. This will be on somebody's tongue and probably fumbled, no pun intended, but Jakinski McKinstry. Ah, and he's a corner, cornerback from P- Pinson Valley in Alabama. Let me say, see if I can say that again for you, John. Jaquincy McKinstry. I love it. Headline writers will love that one, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I know he'll... They'll, they'll call him by his nickname. Uh, I'm sure that'll that'll pop up more frequently. Oh yeah, no, that's a great name. I love that. Um, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, you got to keep you. You know, you really. It's important to keep your in-state players. Uh, you know, Micah Parsons, who 
is getting I'm seeing is getting a lot of notice as like you know the best linebacker to come out in a number of years. Um, I saw where he some scout or exec, NFL executive I believe rated him higher than uh, Devin White who starred wow. in the postseason for the Bucks and you know. He's from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I believe he committed somewhere else, then changed his mind, ended up going to Penn State, where he had a tremendous career, opted out of his senior year this past year, and so training for the NFL. And I think he's going to be a top-five pick AP, but he's just yet another example of, you know, just keeping your in-state players, especially him, you know, at linebacker U uh, was a really important get for Penn State, to say the least. And he had a tremendous career in only two years, a couple of years. Yeah, John, it would be like the top running back in the country being from Los Angeles and not attending USC. Exactly. Exactly. Like Najee Harris going to Alabama. Right. Another good example from right. California. California, right. Exactly Alabama. right. So. No, it's a big deal, but, you know, it's it's exacerbated when you talk about, you know, legacy players, uh, you know, with a name that, you know, even you and I remember from their father playing at Texas, instantly recognizable, Brockemeyer, and, you know, and the sun doesn't go there. That That's the kind of thing that really gets people rankled. Yeah, and, and if you're, getting, you're having trouble winning, you're having trouble winning. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, all sins are forgiven right. when you're winning. No right. doubt about it. Well, but you, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's a, no. I'm saying when you're struggling and you're not winning, and you have these players leaving the state of Texas, and somebody like Alabama is the school that, and you know, they they don't end up at Notre Dame. Let's say, I mean, that's a completely different situation. You know, right. to be at Notre Dame, people understand that if you go from. Uh, no matter the state to Notre Dame, but to come right. to Alabama, that, that's something completely that, as you said, exacerbates the situation. Indeed it does. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if that was a factor. I'm sure there were many in Texas letting uh, Tom Herman go and ultimately hiring Steve Sarkeesian. And AP, hard to believe we're here at the end of our second segment. So why don't we take our final break? Still a few things to get to. On the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. 
Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you are working on your path to enlightenment, may we suggest another guide point to help you get there? It's Soul Healing Conversations with your host, Roz Kincaid. Roz and her guests are making this show a safe place to find balance, healing, and transformation. You'll learn how to manifest the best version of your life. Make sure you join Roz every week for Soul Healing Conversations, live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Get ready to go inside the lives of some of the top recording artists the music industry has known. Join host Troy Bronstein every week as he becomes a prince among queens. Troy discusses the careers and past, present, and future projects from these artists. And if there's time on each show, you just might hear some performance gems as well. Listen for Prince Among Queens every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., uh, talking football as usual and some NFL, some college, but in the NFL, this is like one of the most interesting off-seasons, hot stove, if you will, that they've ever had. We've already had Matthew Stafford traded. For Jared Goff between the Rams and the Lions. And then last week, the big news with Carson Wentz being traded for not a whole lot to the Indianapolis Colts to be reunited with Frank Reich, coach, who was his offensive coordinator in Philly. The the year they won the Super Bowl and Wentz, until he got injured, had basically an MVP season. AP, we have the Deshaun Watson story that's just a daily topic. Uh Someone you know well, you've covered them in national championship games against Alabama, a couple of them, uh, myself too, have covered them, and, uh, and then big Ben Roethlisberger is, uh, you know, a lot of noise coming out of Pittsburgh uh, on whether or not they're going to keep him, is he going to retire, would he go to another team, on and on and on, but of all of that, AP, you know, the Deshaun Watson story is the story of the off season, uh, to say the least, you know, here's here's what I think. And I, I want your opinion on it. I mean, he's the last guy given his character, his background, 
he's beloved. Um, his talent that I would have ever thought would quote try to you know shoot his way out of town, but it just speaks to how upset he must be and how you know the Houston Texans organization just doesn't seem to be getting it done for their players. Uh, see JJ Watt. Uh, you know, asking for his release and being granted uh, right. in the last week. So, Houston, don't know what's going on down there. But, you know, again, Deshaun Watson is, uh, I think, at least coming out of college, you, you know, just the least likely guy that you would have seen in this position, especially after he signed a major contract last Labor Day weekend, I believe. Right, John, you don't want to hear those words, Houston, we have a problem. Correct. I mean, <laughs> they got a yeah. big one, apparently. Yeah, obviously, there's uh, the main the main person to move your team. Uh, Deshaun Watson wants to leave town, and he doesn't have a happy face uh, when he's when he's turning turning back to look at that city. He's, he's smiling because he's moving somewhere else. I guess it seems sounds like so. But John, it's it's interesting that. Uh, Goff and uh, Stafford, uh, weren't they both the top pick in the drafts the year that yes. they came out? Were they the top pick? Isn't that something they're both they number one overall? Yeah, number one overall. Both getting traded for each other. I think that's fascinating. Maybe I wonder if that's ever happened, John, in the history of the NFL. I, I tend I to think I don't not. Know if it has. I'm pretty sure yeah. it, it is. The, it was the first time ever, and. Uh, yeah, it's very fascinating. Are you kidding me? Uh, you know, Goff struggled early under Jeff Fisher. Then Sean McVay comes in and he just blossoms, gets him to the Super Bowl, uh, and was on Hard Knocks, featured, and it just seemed like the relationship between the two was spectacular, McVay and Goff. And uh, he didn't have a great year and this past year, and, you know, I, I'm sure that from the Rams' point of view, McVeigh, it just must all be about that they figure they have a window to win the Super Bowl with the top-rated defense in the NFL, and it wasn't just wasn't going to happen with Goff for whatever reason. So there we go. And Matthew Stafford's had you know a great career in the shadows of you know playing for the Lions, and now he's going to get his chance to shine. So yes, it's fascinating. Yeah, John, he's going to have to be on the no-excuse team now. When you have a defense yes. that can support you uh, and you can throw an interception or two and still win the ball game. So Matthew Stafford now, he's been around 10-plus years. He needs to win playoff games and get them to the um, top of their division so they could have the home field advantage. I mean, there's a lot of things that he's going to be asked to uh, – to do while he's in Los Angeles because he has that defense to, to back him up. Correct. And he's has, has an amazing number of fourth quarter comebacks, uh, you know, an amazing number. Uh, and yet it's not something that we're all familiar with because, you know, he's played with the lions. <laughs> there's no other way to say it. Um, so, you know, there's a lot to like, uh, he's been a good soldier up there in Detroit uh, and now he has his chance, and good for him. And, you know, right. uh, I think it's, you know, going to be fascinating. I think between him and Wentz, just both are going to be fascinating 
storylines, to put it mildly. Wentz in Indianapolis with a good team and his former coach, coordinator, I should say. And then, uh, of course, Stafford out in L.A. So it's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. And, and John, you have Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. Is that a Correct. pat hand? Are they going to make, make a move in the draft or free agency? Or, you know, what are their intentions? Good point. Good point. It, it's kind of gotten lost. And all the hoopla is the fact that Jalen Hurts is, is indeed at this moment, you know, the assumed starter in Philadelphia. And he showed uh, some things last year, a lot to like there. He's a winner start with that big time and uh so yeah you just never know things change so quickly in sports you know uh to say the least and you know also another thing just as we close out the show here will they bring back you know nick Foles, who's had his greatest success in an eagles uniform you know uh who knows (laughs) they got they have a new coach there too so it's all All good stuff ap Oh, yeah. And, John, the draft this year, there's potentially five quarterbacks that are being considered for the first round. I'm not saying it's the class of, what, 83, but now we're going to see how people evaluate the quarterbacks. Uh, Is Justin Fields, is he drafted, you know, second, third, fifth? Uh, Mac Jones drafted second, third, fourth, fifth. Uh, the quarterback from North Dakota, I think that's where he's from. Is that where he's from, John? The other I'm not quarterback, sure. and then the, B, the BYU quarterback. I mean, yep. what is the order where they will be selected? I think that's something to watch as well because the quarterback position we we discussed this many many times. No one seems to be able to evaluate that position correctly. Exactly, AP. Well, it's going to be a fun off season to watch, and I want to thank you as always for calling in and your great contributions. And uh, enjoyed it, as always. Thank you, John. My pleasure. Thank you, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.